Hello, and welcome to the Way John Taylor podcast. Today's Saturday, February 19th, 2022. This is season four, episode four. And I think I'm going to call this one Forward into the Past. You know, it's a fantastic time to be alive. Seriously. We're on the cusp of the greatest revival in liberty since 1775. And that's, you know, when farmers, merchants, and humble citizens finally stood up for the first time in their lives as the British infantry came against them. By then, the people had already gone through dozens of revivals. This revival that we're going through now in our time is a global revival for freedom. I don't know, say the Liberty Revival. has a nice ring to it. It's a spontaneous grassroots movement. Think about that. All across the world, people all at the same time are doing the same type of thing because they feel the same way. People across the world are associating together in small and large groups, and are standing for their natural rights. Now, these are common everyday people who are being selfless and are so frustrated, they're ready to get off their butts and do something. Right on. They should be celebrated. But government has revealed their true colors. Governments all over the globe are nationalizing their socialistic authoritarian power. They're seizing absolute power, rounding up peaceful citizens that they've ideologically branded as enemies of the state just because they think differently or don't agree. I mean, similar actions in the 20th century in Germany and Italy led to the Second World War. And it's looking like we're headed for a third global war. But that global war is going to look like a total rebellion of the people against the tyrannical system that is. And and none of us really want it. You know, we'd much rather have a pretty enjoyable life. But that is, it's not our life, I guess. But it's still a fantastic time to be alive. We're going to get into... uh, some of what's going on after this. Welcome to the Way John Taylor podcast. Thanks, Patriots, for joining me. I appreciate it so much when you give a portion of your time. I know what that means in a crazy world, and I'm grateful for that, and my family is grateful for that. The more people that are aware of how to use their own brains to come to a reasonable conclusions, the better off we will all be. 
So if this is your first time tuning in, thank you. Um, I hope you uh, hope you enjoy your time here. If you'd like to find out uh, more about who I am, what me and my family do, uh, head on over to www.thepamphlet.net. Um, we're simply trying to educate the world about the American founding fathers, their revolution for liberty, and how their struggle against tyranny is similar to our struggle today. We are a completely donation-based so if you like any portion of what you hear, check us out on our website and uh, see if you can support us or spread the word. Either way. Thanks. Sit back and have fun. So today I want to talk about liberty, um, how we lost it, and um, how we can get it back through peaceful assembly. And... Um, in the process of that, I hope that I'm also going to remember to, to go into private associations and why you may want to look into one for you and your family. Um, so that's kind of what I plan on talking about today. So sit back and relax. First off, let's talk about liberty, though. Um, we're moving forward into the tyranny of the past, like I said. Uh, the Redcoats are typically called police officers and... They enforce the tyranny of government. They do that by showing up in full battle rattle like they're storming Mosul. They've got these vests on and they're looking like they've, they're ready to take something down. They've got assault rifles. And, I mean, even in Canada, they've already disarmed the people. It don't matter. They're showing up like they're going to war against the people. That's what the government thinks of you. I mean, when did the police decide to violate their first obligation, which is to the people? When did they allow themselves to be deployed like infantry? Due process? <laughs> Civil liberties? Any semblance of fairness and moral right have been suspended in a growing amount of countries. It's not just Canada. Look around. I know they're censoring things, it's hard to find, but if you put a little bit of effort into a non-censored way of obtaining information, you can see that the world is, is done with it. But today I'm going to talk a little bit about how we, we lost it. And, and we lost ours one step at a time. In, in our first issue of the pamphlet, uh, which is called uh, Another Dose of Common Sense, we, we talked about how voting has evolved over the, the period of time, you know, since the foundation of our, our country. And there's a lot of people who say, oh, that was a terrible system and only white men, white angry men with property could vote. You know, and, and that is such an ignorant way to look at it. I mean, New Jersey, way back before we were even anything, allowed women to vote. There were a lot of places where voting was set by the people in different manners. And we don't talk about that. And what happened is we lived in a representative society, a truly representative society, where one community would say, well, this is how we, we want to, to assemble. And, and it worked. It functioned. Sure, it was clunky. But here came the tyranny of the British, and, and they had just spent, spent fortunes in, in, in wars all over the world. And 
they made a lot of people rich. But the government had a lot of debt. And, well, they needed to take it out on the people. So they taxed this, they taxed that, they taxed this and taxed that, and then propped themselves up and saying, well, without us, you wouldn't have this and you wouldn't have this. And the people decided to say, well, I think we can do better on our own. That is what happened. And that is where we get to our right of peaceful assembly. It's a fantastic thing. And it's a natural right. It's above any government. We have the right to meet together as one-on-one, as, as people, in privately, to talk about anything we want. That's a right. It's a human right. We have the right to think what we want to think. Now, when we do this and group up and say, you know what, I don't like things and we need to change things and we all come together as one mind, we say, okay, that's great. And the government should say, all right, you want to change it? What do you want to do? That's what's supposed to happen. Instead, we have governments and politicians and non-elected bureaucrats who are making a lot of money and they don't want to change anything. And they think that they're smarter and more powerful and over you. That's what we've devolved into as a, a species of the Western democracies. I hate that term. Our founding fathers loathed democracies. And they understood that it was nothing other than mob rule. So they created a representative society that so long as the people were morally right and sent people forward that were going to represent the people, it was going to work out. We've strayed from that. And we need to get it back. And it's just asserting our control of our own government and say, look, we're going to scratch a lot of this, this stuff that's been done and and make sure that we put maximum amount of liberty, minimum amount of government, and um, we're going to fix this. That's what's happening now. You know, we have this right to assemble. And in, in America, it's a, it's a First Amendment right, nationally. And, and it's as absolute as our, our national rights to freedom, uh, the freedom of religion, the freedom to speak. The, the freedom to peacefully assemble, the freedom to, to, to bear arms, to protect ourselves against tyranny if need be. Nobody can tell us again that we cannot get together and talk privately amongst ourselves, especially if we're all peaceful. Now, for those that are still fence centers and are scared, welcome to the club. Half of the people in the liberty movement today were willing to compromise their liberty away yesterday. Then they realized it was a bad idea. They understood that you couldn't trust bureaucrats with your liberty. We all make mistakes. We all deserve access to the atonement. And we all need to be able to forgive to access our own forgiveness. And that does not mean that we will save the blind and dumb when the stampede of the ignorant come charging at the door in desperation. No, by then we intend to have our community and our family arcs and that will shelter and weather in the storm. 
I'm fairly certain that Noah didn't answer the door when it started raining. But I'm fairly certain that he gave a lot of people a lot of opportunity and said, hey, I'm going to build this thing. They're like, ah, that's funny. It's not going to rain, I'm telling you. Boy, did they look stupid. So let's, let's I don't know, let's, let's recap here. The public's not going to save you. The government is not going to save you. The armies of the world certainly will not save you. There's only one who can truly save us all. And, and grouping up with good people who see the benefits of tribalism amongst like-minded people, that's probably a good idea and a good, good way to go right now. It's happening all over, and all you got to do is open your heart and you'll find those places. If your hearts are in the right place and you work together diligently to make it happen, you're going to increase the odds of survival in the months and years ahead. I firmly believe that like our ancestors, we can gather in private with peaceful, loving, and industrious assemblies of associations of good people. We'll be able to make it through the tyranny that is growing throughout the world. It's scary. It's crazy what is happening. But it's happened before. It's no big deal. As we said in the army, it ain't nothing but a thing. It'll be all right. You'll get through it. If not, well, you don't have to worry about it anymore. And if you're not, wow, if you're not in touch with your mortality, you better figure it out. We're all going to die at one point in time or another. Anyway, we're now seeing how the Western world plans on dealing with our liberties, though. Their treachery is being implemented across the globe. In Australia, New Zealand, and now in Canada, governments are violating natural law. They're suspending civil liberties. They're summarily rounding up dissidents for kangaroo courts and the gulag. Concentration camps. Crazy. In Canada, they're surgically rounding up everyone who stands for liberty. They're freezing their bank accounts and access. It, it, now, if you want to hear something chilling, you listen to that uh, Ottawa police chief. Um, I think it, he dropped it today. or you know, He's basically informing the nation. That he's going to use the government's new tyrannical powers. To go after every single person in that country who supported the trucker freedom convoy. If you sent money there, regardless of where you live, on what side of the border, he's going to use all powers that he can to somehow impact your life. He says the investigation into everyone's going to take months. They're not going to stop. They're after everyone who's for freedom. This type of tyranny isn't new. Have you been paying attention to what's going on in New Zealand, Australia? People have been in concentration camps for months. And many more in home confinement across the globe, even. Now, I must say that though people are waking up, or starting to wake up. Gosh, I hate that woke term. I guess it's not the same. True people who are aware are going on, I guess is another way of saying it. So we've been waking up for quite some time. 
I mean, I've started the pamphlet a couple years ago. I certainly wasn't the first to raise my voice. There, there have been people long, long before me, long before I was ever born, trying to say, hey, you're losing your freedom. Hey, you know, you're losing your freedom. And it was like, are you kidding me? Look, there, there's a Super Bowl. There, there's beer commercials. There's all this stuff going on. I've got uh, 500 million channels of whatever I want to watch. I can pause it. I can rewind it. I can do whatever I want. I can order anything, and it comes to my door. I am free. That's how people define freedom. But people are starting to wake up, to become aware. We're living in the same type of tyranny that our ancestors did. And it's past time we, we study the decisions that they made and implement the solutions that they discovered. We don't have to reinvent the wheel, although we surely were out of will of our, our own stubbornness. We the people have lost our true liberty to the uncontrolled, bloated leech of government that can no longer function efficiently in any capacity other than implement more tyranny against the people, against you. Even in our land of the free and home of the brave, we see a government come against any who will try to remind the people in government that they don't have the right to do that in this country. And we the people have an obligation to do all that we can do to peaceably fix that which is in front of us, a situation we find ourselves forced into. We're smarter than them. They just don't know it. Now, interestingly enough, though, the United States' resistance to tyranny has fizzled in comparison to many of the Western countries. What's going on here? It might have something to do with that culture war they did before they started all this. So we're just so sick of the fighting, we just sit down and ignore it all while it burns. But, you guys, you got a role in this. We all do. A lot of countries are quickly restoring liberties as they see that the people are rising up and demanding them. But there's some ignorant, inept politicians that are busy driving people towards civil war because they're not going to give in and they'd rather see the people fight. we got to be careful. They're trying to divide us. For those who just want to go along to get along, also, wake up. They're coming for your children now. And they don't care how you feel about it. So it's time to assemble in groups, small, big, whatever. Start talking. How do you feel about things? You might want to prepare. Stock some food away. It's a smart thing to do anyway nowadays. Look at the supply lines. And I don't know. It seems to me that a lot of truckers aren't going to be on the road if they're busy in jail trying to come get out with a government who's, well, ungrateful for what they've been doing for them. Anyway, I digress. Coming up after this break, I'm going to talk a little bit about a type of assembly that our founding fathers used and how we can use it today to take back our liberty. (music) 
Hey, welcome back. Thanks so much for sticking around. If you want to learn more about me or some of my work, my family's work rather, I certainly don't do this alone. Um, check out our website, www.thepamphlet.net. Uh, I write for and edit a monthly publication about liberty, our history, and our founding principles. My wife and I volunteer our time to produce it, and we hand it out to, to as many people as we can afford to get it to. So please check us out. So in the last issue of the pamphlet, um, which was called Pandemonium, I wrote about the Boston Non-Importation Agreement, and I wrote that in the article, um, The Agreement of We the People. Now, I'm going to summarize it a little bit here, but it's worth a read. At least I think so. I wrote it. Um, and you can do so free in our library at thepamphlet.net. So check it out. Um, so basically, though, in 1768, things were so bad that uniformed thugs were going around and summarily passing judgment upon the people like, well, like they've been doing in Canada right now. And, and the level of tyranny was, was so bad that the merchants and freedom-loving people of Boston um, decided to form this loose association of people. Um, and, and they vowed to, to boycott English goods. Then they went around to the community and they handed out these little letters, tapped them on the walls, did things, and they informed people what they did. Then they let everyone know that, look, if you buy British goods, we think you're part of the problem. And we think you're scum. Just a public notice. Imagine that. The boycott was tremendously effective. And it taught the colonists the true power of we the people. It was so effective that even a few months into it, the colonists in Virginia formed um, the Virginia Association. It was in 1769. That was also incredibly effective. And um, in that association, they also vowed not to purchase British goods. And they started a campaign to, for women to teach themselves how to sew or knit or do things so that they could make clothes. And um, men created new economies. Basically, it, it formed the self-sufficiency that America would later be known for. Because we decided that we can do it better ourselves, even if we have to learn from scratch, than buy something that was shipped through 15 different shipping companies that was so incredibly expensive that, that nobody could afford it, and then they taxed it. Kind of sound familiar? I mean, we're kind of living in a similar world. This spread like wildfire throughout the colonies. Formal and informal associations or groups or clubs or whatever were formed to, to boycott British goods. And this movement brought the colonies together for the first time. They, they had a similar cause. Now, before then, there was many different differences, but all of a sudden, everyone's like, hey, we know that we can associate together and we can accomplish something together. Now, they weren't mean about it and they weren't blowing things up like Antifa and Black Lives Matter and all the other negative associations out there. They were peaceful. Even the Boston Tea Party was like planned out to where people wouldn't die. 
they put a lot of thought into these things to be cute about it, to, to protest in a way that was peaceful. It wouldn't hurt anybody. This is what's going on now. We're starting to see that. But anyway, back then they, they formed this association. Uh, association of like-minded individuals. They decided on a course of action that was peaceful, lawful, and encouraged resiliency and self-sufficiency. And it became so popular that in 1774, the Articles of Association were formed. When all the associations finally got together in one house and they called it a congress. It was our first Continental Congress. These formal articles association formalized the movement among the colonies. That was so powerful that the British responded by sending massive amounts of troops. Again, inflating and exaggerating the situation, similar to what's going on in areas around the world today. This simple act back then was all it took for to start the winds of change. Consider this, though. That wasn't the first time that people appealed to their maker and said, let my people go. And it won't be the last. That is it, folks. I greatly appreciate your time. I hope that you got something positive out of this. And I hope that you ponder your place in life and what you would like to do about it. Appeal to the divine creator of your understanding. Hold on tight. Hold on to your loved ones and hold the line. And above all else, have fun. God bless you, and God bless all those that are standing up for liberty and freedom tonight. Thank you guys. I love ya. Good night.